We are merely stewards. We are investment managers managing God's resources. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. And then Paul writes in this very same letter, You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So the question is, how are we handling this responsibility of being caretakers over what God has entrusted to us? Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely has us back in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're focusing in on rewards and curses, rewards for things God appreciates that we do, and curses for those that he doesn't like. It's all part of our rewards that we store up in heaven. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's study, verse by verse. This message is another installment in our series examining the book of 1 Corinthians. It was a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to a church that he founded that lived in the midst of an exceedingly wicked, decadent, violent, hedonistic, and yet prosperous community. As a community not unlike the one in which we happen to live here. And church members there struggled with the same kinds of things that church members struggle with here. To overcome the influences of the culture around them and to rise to standards of conduct that should reflect a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Many of those believers had the same struggles that Christians have today in wanting to enjoy the benefits of being part of the kingdom of righteousness mixed in with some of the pleasures of the kingdom of unrighteousness. And so Paul wrote this letter to give guidance to Christians on how to live in the midst of a godless society. Now, when we met together last time on this series, we were looking at 1 Corinthians 3.12. And that reads, uh, Anyone who builds on the foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw, but on Judgment Day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. And so you remember our, our theme was how do we build rewards? And Jesus spoke much about uh, rewards. And, and many of his parables were talking about how God loves to reward those who seek him and do what they're supposed to do. Jesus said in Matthew sixteen twenty seven, The Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And he's speaking of his second coming. That's the one that we're all looking forward to. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. So he's going to come back, and the first thing on his agenda, the top of his list, is to reward people for their works. He is looking forward to rewarding people for their works. Going back to our passage in 1 Corinthians, but if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. And so God's word clearly teaches that someday our work as Christians is going to receive a final inspection. And as a result, we should always be investing only the finest of materials and workmanship in anything and everything that we do. If we do slipshod work, or if we use poor materials, or if we use shortcuts, then we will suffer great loss. We will be saved, that is, we will not lose our salvation, but we will be saved with nothing to show for our lives. Paul describes it as someone escaping through a wall of flames. So if you can picture that in your mind, somebody running through a wall of flames, you can see that it's hardly likely they're going to be carrying their wall safe or their high-definition television as they're trying to escape through the flames. They're going to be running for their lives with only the clothes on their back. Jesus said, 
In Matthew 6:19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So instead of some of us having treasure laid up in heaven waiting for us, some of us may enter heaven with only the smoldering clothes upon our back. You know, some Christians insist on giving their total attention and investment to this world. But as we've seen in the recent economic chaos, this investing in this world and worldly wealth, and it's, it's uncertain and it's fleeting. In fact, not since the depression of the 1930s have so many American Christians have had their values and their perspectives challenged as today when the vulnerability of worldly wealth is so manifestly evident. For those who know only this world, this is a time of desperation and uncertainty. For those of us who know about eternity, investing in this world makes less and less sense because the world is passing away right before our very eyes. Proverbs 23, 4 says, Do not wear yourselves out to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. And many people have watched their wealth sprout wings and fly away. You see, one way or another, anything we accumulate in this world will be taken from us. It will either be taken from, from us while we live by thieves or by corruption, or when we die, we're not going to take it with us. Ultimately, we can't take anything we've accumulated in this world with us to the next. And so people ask the question, how do we lay up treasure in heaven? Jesus said we should lay up treasure in heaven. How do we lay up treasure in heaven? And so today we're going to continue exploring what the Bible gives us in terms of answers to that question. You may recall that when we got together last time, we were studying about things that we do that God rewards. Well, today we're going to look at things that we do that God rewards, and also we're going to look at things that we do that God curses. Now, you may recall that the first principle in laying up treasure in heaven is understanding and being fully convinced that God really does own everything, that we are merely stewards. We are investment managers managing God's resources. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. And then Paul writes in this very same letter, you did not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Now, God has an enemy, and he's called by several names in Scripture. One of the names that he has called is Satan. And if we are on God's side, then Satan is also our enemy as well. Now, Satan opposes God at every opportunity. Whatever God is for, Satan is against. Whatever God is against, Satan is for. Satan opposes God at every opportunity. Now, God said the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. But Satan, the great deceiver, is very effective at promoting an alternative, opposite worldview. Instead of believing that God is the owner, some people who are under Satan's deception and influence believe and say things like, this is my body, so I can do with it whatever I like. This is my money, so I can do with it whatever I like. This is my life so I can do with it whatever I want. But we as Christians know that our life, our money, our body, our soul, our spirit, all we are, all that we create 
was bought by God at a high price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary's cross. So this life, this body, this money, everything about me does not belong to me. It belongs to God. And ultimately, God, everything belongs to God because God is the ultimate source of everything. For instance, if we acquire things, it's because God has given us the health and the strength and the sound mind and the opportunity to be able to acquire whatever it is. You may recall that the homework that we sent home was to practice reminding ourselves that everything belongs to God. So I said, you know, when you walk up to your house, remind yourself it's not your house. Remind yourself it's God's house. When you walk up to your car, remind yourself it's not your car. It's God's car. When you open your wallet, remind yourself it's not your money. It's God's money. Remind yourself that God owns everything and that we're merely stewards. And the reason that we did that for homework and on a daily basis is we have to continuously train ourselves to think in that manner because we are conditioned by the world to think in the manner that the world wants us to think. And it's not a godly way of thinking. Now, realizing that the stuff really belongs to God also makes it easier when we are required to part with the stuff because it doesn't really belong to us in the first place. What we do as stewards, as investment managers for God, if we do it well, we're going to be rewarded. That's what the Bible says. Now, God owns everything. And in places in the scripture, it describes things that he owns, like he, he owns the people and so forth. One of the things that God owns is the tithe. Leviticus 27.30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. So the tithe belongs to the Lord. And that's going to be a recurrent theme through our message this morning. Now, the word tithe means tenth. The tithe is the Lord's. Now, to take something from someone who is its rightful owner without their knowledge consent is called theft. It's called robbery. It's called stealing, right? One of the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not steal. So we're not supposed to steal from each other. Do you think it's logical we shouldn't steal from God as well? Now, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. Where's Malachi? It's the last book in the Old Testament. Last book in the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. That was, this book was written about 400 years before Jesus' life and uh, ministry here on earth. Malachi chapter 3. We're going to be looking through the scriptures today because I want you to read it for yourself. I want you to know where to find these scriptures and the, the, the questions that these scriptures answer. Malachi 3.7, halfway through, says, Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Return to me and I will return to you. So I have a question for you. Have you ever felt far away from God? Or that God was far away from you? Now, a long time ago, I was driving back and forth between here and, and Bible college, and there was a sign on the side of the freeway, and, the, and whoever it was who had that sign was very creative in the message they would, they would put up. And I can remember one of the signs reading, If God seems far away, who moved? You know, that was a thought-provoking question. Obviously, it left an impression on me. I can still remember it 30 years later. 
If God seems far away, who moved? Well, God does, does not move. He said, I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he seems far away, it's not because he moved. It's because we have moved. Well, that is usually the case, isn't it? This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, our pastor, here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. As we close out our time together today, we're mindful of the fact that you might have a question about today's program, maybe a prayer request as it results from your listening to today's message. We'd love to hear from you. The best and easiest way to reach out to us would be our website, highlands.us. All other contact information is there, as well as information about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, highlands.us. We'll see you tomorrow for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely.